The New Orleans Saints get the win that they needed and the win that, well, we needed as well. The defense dominates Tom Brady again. How did they do it? And should we be concerned about the New Orleans Saints offense? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on this Victory Monday episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always for being Locked On Saints, your first listen of the day. As always, you can find us free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson, NOLA on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And if you're watching on YouTube, yes, we have a new setup here. It's going to continue to work on and continue to build it up and everything like that. But do hope that you are feeling good for this Victory Monday episode of Locked on Saints because you absolutely should be. Now, listen, I don't usually get into the like Homer part of it. Look, I'm a lifelong Saints fan, right? There's that's no secret at all. And I usually don't get into the Homer thing, but I hope that you'll indulge me for just a moment as I get excited about this win for the New Orleans Saints. And as I, you know, every now and then get a little petty about it too. But the big thing that I want to highlight here is that the New Orleans Saints get this win up against Tampa Bay Buccaneers 9-0, to zero, a huge shutout for this New Orleans Saints defense who we'll highlight in just a moment. But the big thing that I want to stress here is that this is the win that New Orleans needed. And when I say New Orleans, I'm not just talking about the New Orleans Saints. I'm talking about the city of New Orleans. I'm talking about the state of Louisiana. I'm talking about the region of the Gulf Coast. I'm talking about the global fan base and organization that is the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints, you and I needed this win. And the New Orleans Saints went out and got it. Let's take just a second to just kind of like slow down for a moment and kind of recollect about how we got here in the first place. Remember, the New Orleans Saints season started with a 21-day road trip, including opening up their first home game of the season on the road in Jacksonville because a devastating hurricane came through the region. And some people, including some of you that may be listening to or watching this, are still trying to rebound from that, from that in August. Like, that is something that is still very much on the minds of everyone in New Orleans, everyone in the Gulf Coast and in the Gulf region. And so for the New Orleans Saints, not only did that impact them on the road, right, to where they had to be, you know, they practice at Dallas, they practice with T- over at TCU's facilities, they had their home game in Jacksonville, Florida, but it also impacted their home in New Orleans. It impacted their family, it impacted friends, right? It was all over their minds, regardless of where they were practicing or where they were playing. Then they come out of that, right, with this huge 38-3 win over the you know reigning MVP of the league and Aaron Rodgers. And then week two, big time health and safety protocol situations where the Saints were down. I believe it was double-digit coaches all throughout the practice week before they went up against the Carolina Panthers in Carolina, where they didn't have six or seven of their coaches on the sidelines available for game day. They come out of that, get a nice win up against the New England Patriots, and they kind of go up and down, up and down, go into the bye week and come out with another big win up against the Seattle Seahawks. And then 
they have this huge win soon after that, up back at home in the dome, up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? The the division rival Buccaneers, not the rival rival. We know the rival rival are the Atlanta Falcons. The Bucs don't win enough to be rivals. <laughs> I told you I was gonna be a little petty. But uh, you know, still a division foe, right? The Super Bowl champion, meeting them for the first time with Jameis Winston, meeting them for the first time since they won in the playoffs. And the Saints get a win there, but they lose their starting quarterback. And remember that same week that they lose their starting quarterback, Jameis Winston, for the season off that ACL tear, they also learn that Michael Thomas isn't coming back for the rest of the season. And then all of these other injuries pile up. You get a five-game losing streak, four of those games led by Trevor Simeon, one of those games with Taysom Hill at the helm, and then they sort of right the ship a little bit. Yes, it was against the New York Jets, but it was a confidence builder. Then they get to this game, and in this game, where they win 9-0 to zero and shut out the Super Bowl champions, they shut out the highest scoring offense in the NFL that hadn't scored less than 30 points at home so far this season. They shut out Tom Brady for the first time since the 2006 season. They shut him out at home for the first time in his career. They did that <laughs> without, their st- without their head coach, without Sean Payton. Sean Payton was not available for this game And the game, in terms of head coach, had to be taken over. That role was stepped into by defensive coordinator Dennis Allen, who called the game of his life, right? The biggest decisions, the choices, going forward on fourth down, trying to draw them off sides on fourth down, taking the points, all of that. He played this game so well and called this game so well with the first time for the season, at least. Offensive play caller as well, and Pete Carmichael, who I think did a fantastic job. He basically gave Taysom Hill two options. And if they weren't there, then he wanted him to run or figure out how to make something happen. Played with the, you know, kept the ball on the ground, ran the ball 31 times in this game. We know the key for the Saints is at 30 runs. They didn't have over hundred rushing yards or any player over hundred rushing yards. Nobody popped off in this one in that, in, in that sense, but they protected the ball while taking the ball away on the other side, while getting the pressure on Tom Brady, and while doing what they needed to do over on the defensive side. The New Orleans Saints have gone through so much this season. And this win, this 9-0 victory over the Buccaneers to sweep them for the third season in a row, this was the display of resilience over adversity that you needed, that I needed, that they needed. This is exactly what the New Orleans Saints needed to be able to do. And in order for them to do it, they had to do it with a strong defensive showing. Dennis Allen, this New Orleans Saints defense, they get the game ball here. We're going to talk about it. We're going to break it down. What did the New Orleans Saints defense do so well that they limited Tom Brady again and this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense? We've got that and much more coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts like these for the power of the inside track, but you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money, the power of a free 5G phone so that you can listen to all of your favorite podcasts, keep up with your favorite teams and your favorite players. You also get the power of three unlimited data lines for just 30 bucks a month so that your family can share in all of the insights and all of that power as well. And you get the power of one of America's best and most reliable and largest 5G network so that you can do it all at the speed of 5G. So with all of that money that you're going to save and all that knowledge that you're going to gain, just how powerful will you become? Find out today 
by switching to Boost Mobile. And you get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save with Boost Mobile. Free phone is limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions do apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere for all phones and networks. Boostmobile.com. Visit it for new details. Dennis Allen and the New Orleans Saints defense do it again. Thanks, everybody, so much for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day. Continuing on with this Victory Monday episode, 9-0 to zero victory. New Orleans Saints over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. Ugh, big old red out in that game. There were a lot of Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans there to see that one. Now, listen, I do want to acknowledge something, right? After a certain point in this game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were dealing with a lot of injuries. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette all ruled out at some point during this game. However, the New Orleans Saints defense showed up way before those injuries happened. Let's talk about what the New Orleans Saints defense did. First of all, you heard me go over a little bit about what happened with Tom Brady, right? Shutting out Tom Brady for the first time since 2006, all of that. But there's a couple of other things I want to point out as well. Tom Brady went 255 games without being shut out. That was tied. That was the second longest active streak in the NFL and the second longest in NFL history. The only person to have more games than that in a row was, of course, New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees, who was never shut out in his career, 304 straight games. So Drew Brees will hold on to that record, at least for a very, very long time. Um, the Saints did a ton of of really good things in this game to limit Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A big focus going into this game for me was, could the Saints take away the middle of the field? And they did such a phenomenal job at that. Now, Chris Godwin had one big catch and run, picked up over 20 yards there. But outside of that, the Saints were very clean and kept the middle of the field very clean. You saw them focus on him. Demario Davis, Quan Alexander, even Pete Werner taking away a couple of passes there. You saw safeties playing up into the box as well. Malcolm Jenkins had a really nice game up against Rob Gronkowski. He got beat on one flag route to the outside, but outside of that, he played extremely well there. I think the Saints really made the right adjustments in their coverage in the middle of the field to be able to stop where they were getting gashed consistently, which was with the crossing routes over the middle of the field. We've talked about it all season. We finally saw the Saints figure out a way to do it. Now, we talked about what type of defense it was throughout the rest of or throughout this entire season that really put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a bit of a bind over on the offensive side. Just a reminder, in the three Tampa Bay losses coming into this game and one other game in which the Tampa Bay Buccaneers scored less than 30 points, they struggled against zone coverage in all of those. The only exception being where they scored less than 30 points up against the New England Patriots, but we give that a pass because that's Bill Belichick and that's the best defensive-minded head coach in the NFL, outside of maybe Dennis Allen. No, I'm just kidding. Bill Belichick obviously harries that title, but Dennis Allen might have gotten himself a job tonight. Like, let's be real in terms of looking ahead to next season. Because what the Saints did was that they played a ton of zone coverage in this one. And then every now and then they would move over to man. They did a good job switching to man on third downs, things like that. But the pressure allowed the Saints to be able to stay confident in their zone coverage. Because as long as they held their assignments correctly, and as long as they took away the initial threat of the pass, Tom Brady likes to get rid of the ball in less than two and a half seconds. It's not about pressure. That's just how that Tampa Bay offense and how Tom Brady is wired. 
he likes to get the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible. The Saints defense did a good job of taking that away by not being able or by not allowing Tom Brady to be able to take advantage of them immediately off of the line of scrimmage. Two ways that they did that. Immediate pass rush up the middle. They did a great job with that in this game. You're going to see that there's not a huge, not going to be a huge amount of pressures in this one, but the percentage of pressures is going to be up there. The New Orleans Saints pressured Tom Brady 30.8% of the time in the first half, and that ended up being the season high in terms of pressures in a first half for uh, Tom Brady so far this season. That's huge because that remains, that lasts, right? That's not just about the first half. That puts you in a situation to where you're concerned about that pass rush for the rest of the game. And that's exactly what the New Orleans Saints did. The second thing that they did was that they played physical and they made sure, I guess this kind of, it, it's about the coverage, right? The second thing that they did was that they covered well. And part of that was playing physical. And the other part of it was not getting beat off the line of scrimmage. And they did a great job at that. So Tom Brady was forced to hold on to the ball which made time for the pass rush to get there. And in certain instances as well, the pass rush was able to get home immediately. Let's talk about the pass rush. Two sacks by Cam Jordan, a sack by David Onyemata, and a sack by Marcus Davenport. And all of those sacks hurt. (laughs) Every one of those sacks packed a punch. But let's talk a little bit about what the Saints did defensively, because they sacked Tom Brady four times, all on third down. And that is incredibly important. We've talked about this before because if you look at Marcus Davenport's entire catalog of sacks so far throughout his career, a lot of them come on third downs and a lot of them come in the second half. And that sort of raises the sort of impact of those sacks, right? Not all sacks are created equal. So when you get to this opportunity to where you're you're taking down the quarterback with the ball in his hands late in drives, late in games, late in downs, that becomes really, really important. And that's what we saw from New Orleans, who caused several three and outs, several typical three and outs, and only allowed Tampa Bay to put together one play, or excuse me, one drive in which they had, uh, in which they ran 10 plays. That's it. One drive. And there were only 30 yards achieved in that drive. Three yards per play. That's not good. Hashtag not good by that Tampa Bay offense. But that all came down to what the Saints defense did. Here's another thing that they did on the defensive line that was really important to their success. Not only were they winning late in those downs, late in those drives, and on third down, they were doing something very unique. So they were running what we call the NASCAR package. That's not unique. We've seen New Orleans do that a ton. But they had so much variation in what they did with that, that either they've been holding this all season for this moment, or they figured out something new with this defensive line. Interior twists by both uh, Marcus Davenport and David Onyemata were key to their pass rush and caused a lot of confusion for the Tampa Bay offensive line. Bull rushes by David Onyemata. I mean, he just ran over Alex Kappa, the the right guard of the Bucks at one point. The um, NASCAR packages that they used in the first half were different than the ones they used in the, in the second half, even though it was the same personnel in terms of players on the field. In the first half, you had both Cam Jordan and Carl Granderson on the outside. Carl Granderson, by the way, continues to develop and continues to look absolutely incredible um, and just keeps getting better. I mean, I'm not going to say he looks absolutely incredible. I'm sorry, but his development has been incredible. I'll say it that way. Speed rusher, an entirely different presence for the New Orleans Saints. It's not usually their go-to there. They like those power, speed to power guys that can run over offensive linemen. Carl Granderson adds another dimension. So he and Cam Jordan on opposite sides of one another. And then they had David Onyemata and Marcus Davenport 
in the middle with Marcus Davenport on Cam, excuse me, on Carl Granderson's side opposite Cam Jordan. Successful. Then they switched Marcus Davenport and David Onyemata in the second half. This generates more confusion because the twists were different, where Cam Jordan's rushing angles were coming from were different. Uh, Marcus Davenport's ability to utilize power was received differently from a different offensive lineman. It created so much havoc and chaos for that Tampa offensive line that they were not able to keep up with the Saints defensive line who continued to be productive into the fourth quarter, which was really, really, really something that you haven't seen from the Saints defensive line. Cam Jordan missed the game last week, his first of his career, came back very rested. Now has over 100 sacks in his career, 100 and a half. That puts him behind only uh, Ricky Jackson and puts him with only Ricky Jackson as the only uh, players in New Orleans Saints franchise history with more than 100 sacks. Ricky Jackson with 115 and a half, and then now Cam Jordan with 100 and a half. Congratulations, Cam. I was excited when I did 100 episodes of Locked on Saints. I can't imagine how exciting it must be to be a defender in the NFL with 100 sacks. Pretty incredible. CJ Gardner-Johnson, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams. I mean, everyone contributed. Bradley Roby with a huge catch, excuse me, a huge tackle on third down and tackling. By the way, not a lot of missed tackles in this game. The Saints doing a great job at taking receivers down at the catch point, contesting passes. CJ Gardner-Johnson with an interception and perhaps one of the highlights of the season, getting up in Tom Grady's grill and kind of letting him know after you got the uh, the strip, the, the, the fumble by uh, Tom Brady that was recovered by Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, this defense was absolutely incredible. And we're going to be talking about it all week. We're going to talk more about these individual players, Malcolm Jenkins game, Marcus Williams game, Marshawn Lattimore's game, everybody. We're going to try to hit as many as we can. And you know, we always try to go individual in our takeaway Tuesdays. So we'll look at all of that here throughout the week. We're not done talking about this New Orleans Saints defense and what it means for Dennis Allen and the Saints moving forward. Because Dennis Allen probably just played himself into a job. But this defense just destroyed Tom Brady on national television. And every team around the NFL is going to be watching this game, trying to replicate what the New Orleans Saints did on the defensive side. Now, on the offensive side, a lot to talk about here. Should we be concerned about the New Orleans Saints offense? I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't be just yet as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. And before we get to all that, listen, I I got a little bit of advice for that Tampa Bay offensive line, right? They could have used some protein. So Ryan Jensen, Alice Cap, all you boys over on the Tampa Bay offensive line, let me help you out a little bit with your workout regimen and introduce you to the best tasting protein bars on the market, Built Bar. You can find them at Built.com, incredible flavors, mint brownie. If you like fruit and chocolate, they've got cherry, black cherry, they've got strawberry when those are in, orange and chocolate. If you're a citrus and chocolate person, I get the feeling that some of y'all might like the sweet stuff though. So let me tell you about some of those. You've got peanut butter brownie, you've got cookies and cream, you've got salted caramel, and you've got the holiday season here. So they're perfect for your stocking stuffers and they're fantastic. Dip them in a little bit of hot cocoa, get the hot cocoa, all salted caramel flavor. You know what I'm saying? So check them out. Built.com, best tasting protein bars on the market. You cannot beat these. Trust me, I've tried. I've gone back in time. I've gone forward in time. I have I have traveled the ends of the universe and tasted all the protein bars and there are none that are better than Built Bar. That is, I'll give you my, that's my seal. It's my guaranteed seal right there. All right, go and check them out. Built.com. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Don't forget it's LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. The New Orleans Saints came into this game as 11 and a half point underdogs. That's where this closed, right? 11 and a half point underdogs. And 
they won. Not only did they win, they shut out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So if you got in on this over at betonline.ag, you're a very happy person tonight, right? You're a happy person if you bet the line, if you bet the spread that they would cover, if you bet the over, if you bet the under, right, on the over-under, then you are a happy camper this evening. Let me tell you this too, 11 and a half points getting shut out, that is the second largest favored team ever in the Super Bowl era to be shut out in a game. So you want to get in on more of those uh, like the Detroit Lions upset, which you could have cashed in big on. You look at how close that New York Jets team got to knocking off the Miami Dolphins. Same thing for the Baltimore Ravens down Lamar Jackson up against the Green Bay Packers. Best place, easiest place, fastest place to get in on all of that action is over at betonline.ag. You got two Monday games, two Tuesday games. So go and check them out, betonline.ag. Don't forget to use the promo code though. Locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. If you're a new customer, use that promo code. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Once again, that's promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% welcome bonus over at Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's get it. Who that Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Little bit of homer today. Little bit excited today. A little bit petty today. We're having ourselves a good time on this victory Monday. The New Orleans Saints with a humongous win here against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it was all defense, right? It was all defense and it was all Brett Maher or as our good friend Luke Johnson from over at NOLA.com calls him, the Maharati. <laughs> right? Right? Yes. Love it. So I do want to talk a little bit, though, about the New Orleans Saints offense, because the Saints offense wasn't impressive, right? Didn't see a lot coming from them. Uh, look, I'm looking up the the, the kind of like overall things right now. So overall, you're looking at 212 total net yards in this game, though they held Tampa to 302, only 155 passing yards, only 61 rushing yards in this game for the New Orleans Saints offense as well, which was a bit unexpected, right? When we talked about this game and we saw that Dennis Allen was going to be coming in as the head coach, the interim head coach for this one with Sean Payton out, we said, okay, run game, defense. Those are going to be the things to build off of in this one. Well, turns out it was early aggressive passing game and defense, right? And then after that, it became about ball control. That's why I'm not actually too worried about this New Orleans Saints offense, despite the fact that they didn't have the big output that you might expect from what we've traditionally looked at as a New Orleans Saints offense. We've all adjusted our expectations appropriately, I think, in terms of what we've seen this offense do so far this season. So to see them come out here and get 212 total yards, it's like, ah, eh, whatever, what's the scoreboard, right? And the scoreboard says the New Orleans Saints win. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So a couple of things that do stand out though, three of 16 on third down, 19%, not very good. That's something that you don't want to see them build a habit out of. Um, and then they were 0 of 2 in the red zone in terms of touchdowns, right? But they walked away with field goals there. Brett Maher walking away 3 for 3 with field goals. He was perfect last week against the Jets, perfect this week against the Bucks, and the Saints won both of those games. Correlation? Causation? Don't know. Probably correlation. But anyway, the Saints did a great job on the offensive side doing what they needed to do. They needed to protect the ball. They needed to move the ball and they needed to get first downs when it mattered. And they did that. They got those first downs late, one of them coming via a roughing the kicker call, which uh, Will Lutz with, I mean, excuse me, not Will Lutz, um, uh, Blake Gillikin with the best first down celebration ever when they called that. But, you know, they, they were able to do the things that they needed to do here. So, am I concerned about the New Orleans Saints offense? No. 
and and I'll say not yet, right? They had a nice game up against the New York Jets, very run focused, run heavy, all of that. What do they look like next week with an extra day, their head coach back, and uh, not going up against one of the best defenses in the NFL, particularly best run defenses in the NFL when they go up against the Miami Dolphins next week, right? Can the Saints defense stand up to the Miami Dolphins the way that they did up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Transitive property says that they should. And then can the New Orleans Saints run the ball against Miami's defense in a way that they weren't able to do up against uh, Tampa's defense? That seems to make sense to me. So here's what I want to highlight for anybody that's really concerned about the Saints uh, offense in this one. Taysom Hill finishes this game uh, 13 of 27 for 154 yards, completed less than 50% of passes, didn't score a touchdown on offense, didn't score a touchdown on defense either. By the way, that's the first time that the Saints have won a game under those conditions since the 1986 season when they beat the Los Angeles Rams, the first Los Angeles Rams, first iteration of those. So that's huge for them. It's only the second time they've ever been able to do this in their franchise history and first time in over 30 years that they've done it. Now, the highlight here, though, is that in the second half, Taysom was four of 11 in the second half. Now, the reason why this is important is because this is when the New Orleans Saints really shifted to ball control, run the ball, chew the clock, get out of this game with a dub and let the defense do what it's been doing all game long. And now by the time you got into the second half there, your defense was standing up against a hampered Tampa Bay offense, which made it even more likely that the Saints defense was going to continue to do what it did. So you saw them throw five passes in the third quarter, all told, six passes in the fourth quarter, all told. Outside of that, they just ran a bunch. 31 rushes in this game, the majority of them coming in the second half. This New Orleans Saints offense, I don't think you should take from this game and say, oh, I'm concerned or I'm worried or, or, or whatever that might be to a large extent until you see what they look like next week up against the Miami Dolphins. That's kind of the way that I'm looking at it. Are there things here that are worthy of being concerned over? Yes. But do you kind of throttle that concern down a little bit because you understand the offense that you were going up against and what the game plan was without Sean Payton, right? And without you know, with Pete Carmichael calling plays, with Dennis Allen making decisions, like you can very, and Dennis Allen talked about this after the game in, in his post-game presser, where he mentioned that in the second half, they went ball control. That was their focus. Don't turn the ball over. Be careful with the ball. If you have to throw the ball, make smart decisions. Otherwise, ground game, ground game, ground game, ground game, chew the clock and let's go home with a W. And that's what the New Orleans Saints offense did. So just something to keep in mind. Like if you're concerned about the way that the Saints offense played, this really isn't the one to take that concern away from. But I will say this, I do like some of the things that they did. I like the way that they utilized Taysom Hill. Taysom, with Pete Carmichael's play calling, was very much in a situation to where he was moving a lot, and it was, if it's there, take it. If it's not, run. And we saw him make a couple of nice passes, right? The pass to Nick Vanette that unfortunately went right through Nick Vanette's hands, good placement there. The beautiful pass to Marquez Calloway down the, uh, down the, the left seam. Gorgeous ball placement. Probably his best throw as a professional so far in the NFL. That counted. He had a great one on a wheel route to Alvin Kamara up against Philly, but it got called back. So great one there. And I think that's his top throw of his career so far. So you love seeing little things like that. Marquez Callaway, by the way, outstanding in the first quarter, 88 receiving yards to open up this game. Kind of, you know, didn't get targeted at all in the second quarter, but then came back in the second half and ended up catching enough to where he became the New Orleans Saints. Are you ready for this? First 100-yard pass catcher at either the wide receiver or tight end position all season. This is the first one. 
first time this season that a a wide receiver or a tight end had over 100 receiving yards. And it was Marquez Callaway up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Incredible. We even saw the quick the the quick throw, the quick slant over to the outside to Marquez Calloway, which is something we really haven't seen much since Michael Thomas. So great to see that folding back in to be a part of the offense. Alvin Kamara running a couple of option routes in this one. That's coming back into this offense. So there are a lot of things here that you can look at and that you can say, hey, I'm a little bit worried, but I'm going to wait. And that's the thing. I'm going to reserve any concern at the moment around the Saints offense because we actually saw some things that we like. Now let's see, and you can wait and see if they bring those things in up against Miami and if they work. If not, then we'll start talking about concern around the New Orleans Saints offense. But honestly, if they can get the defense to continue to play the way that they've played now that they're assembled as they were intended, this is only the second game this season. Second game this season that they've had all 11 defensive starters on the field, the New Orleans Saints. And the first time was in the first win against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So this is huge for them. Next game, if they're able to get back, Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramchick, which, oh, by the way, those guys weren't able to play in this game either, right? So that's just another thing to add on top of this one in terms of how ridiculous it is that the Saints were able to win this game. But they did ridiculous in a good way, right? This this was outstanding. This was outstanding. It was absolutely incredible. So shout out New Orleans Saints, Dennis Allen, Pete Carmichael, the Saints defense, the Saints backup offensive line, everybody. Shout out to you. Ah, this was outstanding. So that's how I'm feeling after this game. We're going to break this down so much more here throughout the rest of the week. But for right now, enjoy this win. Be safe. Take care of yourselves. And we will see you as we continue on here throughout the week. Thank you so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day. Don't forget to go and check out Locked on Bets, the place to win yourself some money. Your boy Q, handicapping expert Lee Sterling, gets no better. Go and check it out, Locked on Bets. And as always, for everything in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.